Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, you know it's Taz and Moose. You know it's Taz and Moose. Hey. Oh, it is Taz and the Moose with you here on this Tuesday morning. CBS Sports Radio, you know where you're at as we come to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Millions of Americans financed the home of their dreams with their help. They can help you too. Rocket Mortgage. Push button, get mortgage that easy. Mike P, thank you across the way. Bogus with your updates. Mr. Soccer play-by-play as we take you right up until 9 a.m. Eastern time here on CBS Sports Radio. Sirius and XM Channel 206 is... We kick off the third and final hour. Braylon Edwards will join us a little later on this hour. Bottom of the hour, the former Michigan Wolverine star, NFL player as well. Uh, He'll join Taz and myself, so look forward to that conversation. Here you go, the three. It is now time for the three. We get you caught up on the three biggest headlines of the day with Taz and the Moose. Number one. Steelers 27-3 blowout win versus the Bengals. Yes, nice emphasis there, Zach Martin. As uh, not much of a Monday night football game, I think that read or that uh, liner by Zach was probably better than the football game as the Steelers played like a desperate team last night. At home against the Cincinnati Bengals, two arch arrivals. Can't stand one another when you look at the two teams. Uh, Mason Rudolph played very, very well. The defense got after Andy Dalton. The Bengals' offensive line was atrocious. Uh, I think the Steelers ended up the night with just with eight sacks on the night. Uh, Mixon couldn't do all that much. Bengals couldn't get really much going offensively. A number of turnovers, too, Taz. It was a very, very good performance by a Steeler team that played like basically their season was on the line because it was. Yeah, and, you know, if you look at the score of this game, 27-3, you know, Steelers over the Bengals, you would think, oh, my God, they, they you know, it was basically uh, uh, time possession would have to be lopsided and all that, which it wasn't. They were both pretty even on time possession, so... That didn't uh, take it to play. And as far as first downs, Steelers had 20 first downs where the Bengals had 16 first downs. But at the end of the day, it comes down to usually like most of these teams, as far as an offensive perspective, who's the better quarterback on that day? In this case, Andy, Andy Dalton could not even compare more or less to, to how good uh, Mason Rudolph played. And, and uh, you know, Cincinnati just... From a defensive perspective, I don't know. It's just it's, they, they, they just they need a lot of work. They need a lot of work everywhere. Well, the I offensive mean, line for Cincinnati well, that, was atrocious. That is, I mean, really uh, Dalton. Yeah. There, were, there were times Taz he had no chance. I, I mean, there were uh, Bobby oh, Hart. Yeah. Uh, Giant fans would basically say that's the Bobby Hart I remember. Yeah. Uh, he was downright dreadful last night for the Bengals, um, and he and he was bad. Um, and Dalton. You know, that one drive ended with him, a forced fumble, strip sack, uh, recovered by the Steelers. Another drive for the Cincinnati Bengals into Steeler territory ended on interception in the end zone, Taz. Uh, Bengals couldn't finish off drives, and 
And for Mike Tomlin and this team, you know, amazingly enough, Roethlisberger we saw on the sideline with a big bandage on his right elbow after undergoing elbow surgery yeah. and his, up his entire arm. Uh, they're just a game out of first place in the AFC North. Think about that. Yeah, one no, of three. It's crazy. It, it, it is. It's crazy. And I remember one of those strip sacks, uh, sacks you were speaking of right there. I think one of them was Bud Dupree. It was. Yeah. and uh, Recovered by Watt, I believe, yeah, right? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, and Bud Dupree, man, that guy's a player. He's underrated. The guy, guy that we don't talk about enough. He's real good um, off off that edge for sure when he, when he blitzes and stuff. But anyway, um, yeah, man. Uh, you know, listen, it's, it's a big win for the Steels. It's like, you know, they got that, that strong, loyal fan base. And let's see if this can get them rolling like we talked about earlier. That they, If you look at it... Um, you know, where they sit in, in their conference, you know, you could have a situation uh, like we broke it down earlier, you know, uh, in that AFC North. Well, yeah, right now you got you got the Browns and the Ravens, both two and two. And then you got the Pittsburgh Steelers sitting one and three and then the Bengals 0 and four. So like we said earlier, before you know it, the Steelers could find their way to second or third place. You never know. That could happen. Yeah. And it was interesting. I heard, um, I don't know if you caught this last night because you're at that stage, the game was, uh, I, I'm know. out of tapped out. Right. Whatever so, stage you're speaking of. Well, they, they brought up um, the whole conversation when they showed Roethlisberger, who was helping Mason Rudolph and had the earpiece in throughout the course of the game, was an active guy on that sideline. Uh, they brought up the whole Roethlisberger reaction when they drafted Mason Rudolph, which we talked about at the time, remember? Yeah, yep, yep. And, um, and said that uh, Rudolph had no issue with what Roethlisberger said. He said he understood it. He said, yeah. you know, I get it. Roethlisberger's trying to win. You know, you know I'm, I'm a guy for the future. I'm not a guy for the here and now. And uh, reportedly, they've got a very, very good friendship and a very tight bond, and Roethlisberger's been good to him. So, you know, he's made, you know, he understands the writings on the wall, and he said, I get it. If I were in his position, too, I'd want them to address needs to try and help me win now, not thinking about the what this team is going to look like five years from now. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that that's, listen, I, you know, and Right. You talk about competitiveness and that kind of yeah. thing. I mean, of course, right? This guy, Roethlisberger, this guy's had a, a storied career. Hall and, of Famer. Yeah, and I don't want to talk about him. He's like he's in past tense. He's not done. But still, you know, I mean, you know, they want to hang on, and I respect that. I understand that. And it's a it's a fine line. And fans think, ah, it's all about them. They don't care about the team. Well, they got to worry about themselves first. It's their legacy. It's their career. It's their income for their family. It's their future. They're trying to set up because when their body's smashed up and they're 52, 54, 56 years old yeah. and no one's talking about them and they can't get out of bed or they can't get up from the dinner table because their hip locks up or their knee locks up, you know, and they can't walk or make money. I mean, yeah, no one's going to think about Ben Roethlisberger then, you know, so he's got to get his now. So I, I do get that, though. I get it. Um, here is Mike Tomlin, the Steelers head coach, talking about overcoming the injuries Pittsburgh did to get a W. We're just adjusting to the to the cars that we dealt. You know, we, we we went into this game knowing that we wouldn't have Vance McDonald. So you saw us redistribute, you know, some some responsibilities. Uh, that wasn't the case in San Francisco, and and oftentimes what we do is often reflected by the quality of the players or the players specifically that are available to us, just like any football team. How about Mason Rudolph getting his first victory as a starting quarterback in the NFL? Unbelievable team win. We, we just, you know, a lot of leadership in the locker room and guys that know how to win, guys that have won a lot of games in their careers and, and, and that when we stuck together all week, even though, you know, the rough start and, uh, you know, our message all week was just stack one and, and then start stacking more. So that's that's the plan moving forward and uh, got, a, got, a, got a heck of a group of guys that are going to do that. And for the uh, Ginger Rocket, Andy Dalton, well, he said uh, for the Bengals, it could be a long year. We feel like we have the guys on this team that, that, that um, 
you know, can can play really well. And so, you know, for us, I think everybody's got to look at what what we're doing. I've got to look at what I'm doing, see what I can um, be doing better. And you know, we, we've got to move on, and we got to move on quickly to this next week. Now nah, we'll see. I mean, they're zero and four, Taz, and they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. Yeah, uh, Miami yeah. Dolphins will carry that mantle the entire year, so they won't be the worst, but they're right, they're pretty right. bad nonetheless. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> All fine. right, next number two, Vontae's perfect, suspended for the rest of the season. Yeah, we spent a lot of time on this hour, number one, Taz, and great reaction from everyone out there and our listening audience as well. Kind of running back and forth, right, wrong, indifferent. Um, I think the NFL got it right. Uh, He's suspended for the rest of the regular season, helmet to helmet, leading with his head, almost spear-like, rocketing his way toward Jack Doyle uh, in that Colts game on Sunday, what ended up being a Raider victory. Uh, This is the 14th time he's either been fined or suspended. You look at it, since 2013, nearly half a million dollars he's lost in fines from the NFL. Um, Now he faces a season-long suspension. Uh, His representative, his lawyer, said yesterday, his agent said that uh, they will appeal the suspension uh, next week. That is when that appeal is expected to be heard. But uh, I don't think there's a place in the NFL for Vontez Perfect. I really don't. I think he's a nasty player. And it's okay to be nasty if you're not dirty. But I think he's a very, very dirty player. Yeah, we had you know a really long conversation about this earlier. And, and, and I give a lot of different examples of some of the, the legendary players of the 70s and 80s or even 90s of that were known as those hard-nosed, dirty, nasty, very mean players. Football's a violent game. It's a mean game. And you're taught to play it mean and violently, you know. So, you know, you look at some of the great players of past, guys like Lyle Zedo, guys like uh, uh, guys like Conrad Doblo, who was an amazing offensive lineman for, for the Bills and the Cardinals and the Saints, but yet was very dirty. He was more or less the guy who invented the leg whip. Yeah. I mean, guys like that, guys like Dick Buckus, Ray Nitschke, Jack Lambert, some of the greatest linebackers ever, Hall of Famers, all of them. You know, I mean, some of these guys had that rep for sure. But like you said, there's an adjustment in the league. Things have changed. You know, so you have to change. I mentioned that Dominic Sue. I mentioned Richie Cognito. You brought up a great point that these guys have changed. They've adjusted. The league has adjusted. So those modern-day players have adjusted. Vontez Perfect has not adjusted. Uh, it's, it's the list of fines and suspensions since 2013 this guy has is amazing. It's 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 13, 14 incidences, whatever it was, 15 incidences, whatever it is. Crazy. And maybe he feels like he can't play any other way and be successful, Taz, or maybe he's just thick-headed and doesn't want to change. But he's been given time and time again multiple opportunities, and it wasn't like there were teams kicking down the door for Vontez Perfect. The Raiders came in and signed him. I believe they gave him a one-year deal. Uh, that was it. He's one of the captains of the Raiders. I don't fall Oakland for doing that. People are kind of poking at that a little bit. Um, yesterday after this uh, season-long suspension. I don't know if there's a place in the NFL. If I don't know if I could trust Vontaze Perfect to change Taz. And I got to think about the other guys in the league as well. When you're on the ground, and he, you know they're showing video now on ESPN, and Cam Newton, you get taken to the ground, and you're Vontaze Perfect, and you're twisting his ankle as he is lying on the turf. You know, that's a little, that's such disregard for your fellow football player. Right. And and there's no place for that. There there really isn't. Because those guys have got a job to do. 
you know, your job is to go out there and stop them, but stop them, you know, within the rule book at the very least. You want to ta- make a tackle for a loss, but when a guy's in a prone spot, as you saw with Doyle, as you saw with Newton, as you saw with Antonio Brown in that playoff game, you know, he goes above and beyond to try and injure players, and there's no place for a guy in the league that's going out there trying to hurt players. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I, I agree. Again, years ago, I might have felt different on it, but I, you know, we changed as fans, and as now I'm part of a member of a member of the media, which is kind of awkward to even say. I still don't feel like that, but I guess I am, right? But um, yeah, yeah, so I guess I have to look at it like that too, you know. <laughs> no, no, I'm no, just saying. Like, well, I listen, no. I, when I played football, like when I was in high school or in college, dude, I, I would get in fights all the time. I was being, I'm in the bottom of a pile up, and I'm grabbing at a guy's throat. I've done it. I've grabbed at a guy's cup, and I tried to, you know, square, you know. You know, really, uh, five on two, as we called it. You know, I, I'm telling you, like I, I've done this. I've done. I've tried to put my finger in guys' face mask and, and a pot. I've done every kind of nasty. I never played the NFL. I didn't play D1 football. But I'm just saying, I, I, you know, I had no rep as a football player. So I never made no, no money at it. But I'm just telling you, like I wasn't the only one. Like we, but it was a different time then. You know, yeah, I mean, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, uh, yeah, there, I, I'm not saying that. I did all of that. I That's get the it, truth, and we, you know, you know and, and I understand. I've heard stories of guys at the bottom of piles when they're when they're going for a loose ball and a fumble, and the things are on the ground, and you know, it's 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 crazy the things as you just articulated. Those are the others that have played in the NFL have articulated of what guys will do to try and gain possession of that football, Taz. But um, it's changed. It's just a different time, and I mean, that's one thing. What Perfect is doing. And like a heat-seeking missile in uh, a helmet-to-helmet hit, and the guy doesn't learn. He's not adjusted. And they keep on giving him opportunities. And I don't know if I can necessarily give Vontez Perfect another opportunity because I'm not going to value his career more than another player. And if he goes on the field and, say, with one of these hits, ends a player's career that's just beginning, what do I need to see that? No, that guy is just as right to a career as Vontez Perfect, and he's not going out there trying to hurt people, and Perfect is. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Real quick, um, I remember when I was in high school, my senior or junior year, we used to play uh, uh, We play a lot of schools in the Bronx, Bronx, okay. New York, I mean, like Clinton and stuff like that, and uh, Vanda Childs High School in the Bronx. Anyway, and back then we had the detachable cleats, so like you could unscrew your cleat, but it was the nail, I'm sorry, the screw would stick out. So a lot of us, and especially we played the teams from the Bronx, because they used to do it to us, you would take three or four of your cleats, unscrew them just so the metal screw was exposed. And you would try oh, to you would try to nice. step on a guy, kick a guy in the shin. Oh, that's nice. That that's and I was a junior, senior in high school, and that's we all did that. Like I mean, I went to a high school in East New York, Brooklyn. You know, we're playing Bronx teams. This wasn't like, you know, no, I get it. You know, that, that I, is that's insane. That's a true story. And I they stopped you. making the cleat those detachable cleats. Yeah. Now, now most they make it where when you unscrew the cleat, the screw is part of the the, the correct the cleat part. Correct. It used to be inverted. The other no, way it used to be different. That's right? Story, no, yeah. I know. I know. Well, you used to see guys Crazy. in the NFL in those days as well yeah, making the adjustment yeah. on the sideline. Say if it was a rain drenched uh, grass field where maybe they were losing footing. And making those adjustments, that's take, that's crazy. I mean, God bless. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It is wacky. Yeah. Uh, but that's, one, uh, that's, that's scary what you used to be able to do in, in those days and age. And, yeah. and obviously uh, would be frowned upon now. And they <laughs> adjust to that to where they don't even make that an option now for players either. No, I know. Uh, <laughs> all right, next. Number three. Bradley Chubb has a partially torn ACL in his left knee. 
and will miss the rest of the season. Nah, tough for Vic Fangio. The uh, Denver Broncos not going anywhere. Elway's had an impossible time of finding that quarterback. Flacco has not worked this year, Taz. And now you look at that defense and, you know, you were kind of excited. I certainly was. Fangio, who's an unbelievable defensive coordinator, say, man, what is he going to do this year with Chubb and Miller on the outside? Right, right. Uh, right. What is he going to do? And they have struggled getting pressure, getting after the quarterback, sacking the quarterback through the first four games here of the NFL regular season. A little bit more successful this past Sunday uh, against Gardner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jaguars. But... Uh, now Chubb, uh, a young star outside rusher in the National Football League, done for the year with a partially torn ACL. Um, do they have to go? I'm curious. I, I don't know. I've never torn my ACL. When it's a partial tear, they don't go. They just repair the. They don't go in and and fully repair the entire ACL. They just repair the part that's torn. Correct. I believe so. I never tore my ACL, but I do believe that's what they do. Yeah, they just tear they don't the part. go. They they can just do that. They don't have yeah. to go back tear it. And then do a clinical tear and then replace No. Do that, it. They don't have to do that. That's right? more like total reconstructive, I okay. think. I think that's what they call that. I'm pretty sure anyway. I've never bl- I've had knee operations, but scopes. I've never blown out my knee. You know. Gotcha. So, so but yeah, I don't know how exact answer on that. Uh Chubb done for the year for the Denver Broncos as he tears uh a partial tear of that ACL. So that's a, le- a loss for the Broncos and what is looking like a, a lost season uh out there in Denver. So there are your three big storylines here. On this uh, Tuesday morning, the Steelers victorious, desperate. They played like it Monday Night Football 27-3. Vontez Burfick suspended for the rest of the NFL regular season by the National Football League. He's going to appeal it. Appeal expected to be heard next week uh, after his violent hit on Jack Doyle, Raiders, Colts on Sunday. And uh, Bradley uh, Chubb is done for the rest of the year uh, for the Denver Broncos. We'll come back. we got an update with Bogish, and then Braylon Edwards is going to join Taz and myself. We'll do that next. On this Tuesday morning, right here, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Taz and myself will be joined by Braylon Edwards. He's got a new book out. We'll discuss that with him here momentarily. Bogish is in the house. Final time this morning. What's up, Andrew? Moose, Taz, this report is sponsored by the NFL Network. We are NFL Network, the place where football and culture collide. It's all here, all day, every day, because there's no such thing as too much football. We are NFL Network. Barring a tie, of course, someone was going to get win number one last night in Pittsburgh. The Bengals didn't even come close, going scoreless for the final 50-plus minutes, losing to the Steelers 27-3. Wide out Tyler Boyd, not messing around. I hate to lose. I hate being embarrassed. You know, at the end of the day, I mean, I can take the losing, but when you go out there and get embarrassed Monday night primetime, then I feel some type of way, you know, because I got too much pride to go out there and showcase what we showcased. You know, it was just awful. Boyd's QB, Andy Dalton, sacked a career-high eight times, lost a fumble, threw a pick in the end zone, while the Bengals' defense had few answers for Steelers' QB, Mason Rudolph, and a wildcat package featuring running backs Jalen Samuels and James Conner. New Cincy head coach Zach Taylor still looking for his first win. i got to make sure the standard's higher than what it is right now because I haven't done a good enough job, 
and uh, there's certainly things that I, I got to improve on. And so I look in the mirror, the players look in the mirror. Um, we come back tomorrow and we fight. The Bengals have lost the last nine meetings with the Steelers. It sounds like the Bears have dodged major trouble with QB Mitchell Trubisky. He reportedly has a dislocated left shoulder and slight labrum tear, but does not need surgery. No official timetable yet for his return, but it's not expected to be a long absence. The Jets were hoping Sam Darnold will be back from his mono this weekend against the Eagles. But he only has clearance right now for throwing and other non-contact work. Raiders linebacker Vontez Perfect suspended for the rest of the season for Sunday's illegal hit on Colts tight end Jack Doyle. Perfect will appeal. And Broncos linebacker Bradley Chubb's done for the season with a torn ACL. The Milwaukee Brewers will start Brandon Woodruff in tonight's wildcard game at Nationals Park. He made only two appearances in September after missing two months with a left oblique strain. Treating it like... Any other start where I, you know, I plan on, you know, my goal is to finish the game, you know, so, you know, I, I'm just going to take the ball and I'm going to stay in and, and, and pitch as long as I can until they, you know, take the ball away from me. Max Scherzer starts for the Nats first pitch in D.C., 808 Eastern. The A's and Rays play the AL version tomorrow. Guys. All right. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, let's welcome board right now. The aforementioned Braylon Edwards has got a new book out. Uh, doing it my way, my uh, outspoken life as a Michigan Wolverine, NFL receiver, and beyond. And he joins us now. Hey, Braylon, Taz and the Moose with you. Thanks for a couple minutes this morning. We certainly appreciate it, bud. Braylon, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, you got it. Um, you know, certainly, Braylon, a, a lot to get into with you over the course of your career. Uh, first of all, let, let's start you know, What made you decide? I mean, you were an outspoken guy, certainly in college and the National Football League, a big, decisive personality as well. What made you decide to want to sit down and, and, and put a book together? Uh, well, Triumph Book, a publishing company, came to me in 2016, but, you know, I had never thought about writing a book. I hadn't thought about what I would say in the book or, you know, what the subject matter would be. But after so, I uh, after I turned them down, I, you know, presented to family members, friends, people that I, you know, gained some trust for over the, the next course of two years. And, you know, they just started asking me, like, you know, what would you say? What would the story be about? And so I started thinking more and more and more about it, and I realized that there was things to talk about. There was a journey in there to put out to the to the masses. So when they came back to me in 2018, I was very excited to uh, work with them, and now the project is complete. Uh, hey, Brandon, so you played in Cleveland, as most folks know, right? So like, I would just love to get your perspective, man, like your breakdown, your thoughts, and what we're seeing, all the star power they have over there with Baker Mayfield and whatnot, and Odell and whatnot, and Juice Landry. Uh, just your thoughts and opinions about how that change has went over, or what, what you think about the Browns in general? Uh, well, I'm glad that you know they're they're getting some uh, some some national attention. You know, the uh, franchise has been been deserved of for a long time, man. So I'm glad they're getting a national right. opinion. I think uh, I think you'll see them get better over the course of the season. I think uh, I didn't think they have a they didn't have a game plan going into the season. I think if you look at it, there was just a lot of star power put together, but there wasn't an actual game plan like, hey, this is what we're going to do on offense or this is who we're going to be besides, you know, uh, the, the new the new team on the block. It doesn't matter how good your star power is. You mix Juice Landry up and Odell Beckham right. and Joku and Chubb. You have to have identity, and that identity is Nick Chubb. You guys are a running team. You just happen to have Baker Mayfield, a quarterback that can get the ball down the field, and you have – these uh, these extreme weapons and wideout, 
you still got to be able to run the football. And I think Nick Chubb, as you saw this past week, gives them the best opportunity to win football games once he's rolling. And then you can add the wide receivers into And I know it sounds crazy coming from a wide up, but, you know, once you can get it rolling with Chubb, now you make the game easier for Baker. He doesn't have to make decisions, harder decisions than he, uh, than he did two weeks ago and four weeks ago. You know, Braylon, I'm curious because we spent a lot of time, Taz and myself, as everyone did, talking about, you know, Antonio Brown. Have you ever seen anything go down the way that it's gone down with Antonio Brown here over the last six, seven months? I haven't. Uh, you know, I have not ever seen anything. I think the closest, I don't know, is maybe T.O. just for that one instance. In Philadelphia. The, the work, yeah, exactly, with the workout that day. Uh, outside of that, I never have. You know, and I, every time I'm asked this question, you know, first of all, I wish him, wish him the best and whatever that is. I think he just needs to see someone. You know, I think that he needs to see a therapist. When he's ready, he needs to see a therapist or some type of doctor that can sit down and, and, and talk to him. Because I think he's going through some things inside his head, man, that he doesn't understand and that it's going to take uh, something, somebody special to talk to him and kind of gauge where he's at and help him figure out you know, what his issues are. But whatever it is, there's something in his head that we're not understanding and we don't see, and maybe he doesn't understand what it is either. So I just yeah. think he needs to, to see someone professionally. So, just my thoughts. Not, Brown, that's cool, man. And and just sticking on that on the Antonio Brown thing for one more one more question, if you don't mind. Like, So what does your gut tell you, your instincts? Uh, you know, does he end up back one day sooner rather than later, later playing on an NFL team again? Do you think he'll end up – like next year or whatever, being on a team that someone's going to take another shot on him because he's so damn good, as you know. Like, what, what's your what's your thought on that? Right, I definitely think you see uh, him play again. You know, uh, assuming everything is okay with the, uh, with the with the allegations, which they seem to true. be true. Yeah, they they seem to be in his favor. They seem to be fine. Seem to be a little little bit bogus. So hopefully so, because if that if that holds up. You know, he doesn't have any off-the-field issues. So you're not looking at a guy that's, you know, running around, you know, just not respecting the game, not respecting his team's brand off the field. That's always the hardest part. Um, on the field, I think you'll get a team that definitely take a chance on him if he's willing to, you know, to agree with certain things or if he's willing to try certain things. And i.e., one of them is, you know, talking to some people. There were some players that I played with over the course of my uh, career that that was part of their deal when they came to the team that I was on is they had to talk to somebody or they had to, you know, meet with somebody once a week, et cetera. So I think you'll get a team, like you said, because he is that talented, you know, you talk about a guy that said years, never less than number three wide receiver in the league. And typically he's number one behind Julio. I mean, ahead of Julio. Uh, Now you got DeAndre Hopkins, but I think he has a lot, a lot of, a lot of time left. Nobody works as hard as someone off season. I'm not saying people don't work hard, Nobody works as hard as AB, as consistently as AB in all season. So he'll be back in the NFL. I just think he just he needs some time for whatever it is, man. Maybe it's the first half of this season. Maybe it's this whole season. But he needs some time off. But he'll be back. Braylon Edwards joining us. His book is Doing It My Way, My Outspoken Life as a Michigan Wolverine NFL Receiver and Beyond. Braylon, you know, curious when you look at that Wolverine program, uh, and where they are right now, the expectations when Harbaugh is taken over to where the program is at this stage. Still can't beat Ohio State. Have struggled against top ten teams as well. You know, got healthy this past week on Rutgers, but they've always gotten healthy on Rutgers. What about what the the state uh, of the program that you start in? 
Right. Um, you know, I've said this for the past two, two, two and a half weeks now. Um, first of all, I think that it's un, un <laughs> it's unreal expectations. I think you need to start there. Like Michigan has been a team that they don't win national championships. And this is this is my team that I'm talking about that I love. You know, we won one national championship in 1997. Outside of that, they're not a team that has been in the national championship game or winning national champions. So that, I think that's always a, like a misnomer. It's always like a, a delusion. So that's the first thing. The second thing is is you got to you have to recruit on offense better. Now you have to recruit players that are playing at a high level. Like if you look at the Ohio States, if you look at the Clemsons and the Georgias and the Floridas, well, not the Floridas, but Alabamas, these are teams that are going to the Final Four. Oklahoma, these are teams that every year they look like a team that's supposed to be in the Final Four. They look like a team, and it's 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 usually because on offense they have quarterbacks that are up for the Heisman. They have quarterbacks that are going to be up for the Maxwell. They have running backs that are going to be up for the Doke or the Heisman or win. They have wide receivers that are going in the first round. Like they're and their the line the line is stacked with guys from the south that are just mean guys that get it done, man. That they know how to block uh at a fast paced level. So when you look at them and then you look at Michigan, Michigan's always trying to figure out every year who's gonna be the quarterback. Mm. You're never gonna have that running back that's going for fifteen hundred and eighteen tugs. There's always gonna be some pedestrian numbers like seven hundred or by committee. You got wide receivers that are projects, and that's probably due to coaching, not being able to develop. Uh, tight ends are, you know, decent. And then, uh, yeah, and the offensive line is, you know, just okay. They can't compete when you get up to teams like, like two years ago at Penn State when their D-line was real. They couldn't handle them more. Ohio State every year. So, you know, whoever's going to be the guy, if it's Harbaugh moving forward, if it's someone else, the deeper issue is the offensive the way you recruit offensive players? I don't know if you got to open up a new pipeline down there in in Georgia or Florida or Texas, where you really got to go after the kids that are going to those schools down south. Because it also seems like it's a bigger issue uh, than Michigan. It seems like no kids that are four and five stars from the south that are going to these schools that are competing for national championship want to come anywhere in the Big Ten, with the exception of Ohio State. So, yeah, uh, yeah, and you think you... maybe it's a weather thing? You think because you know you know you don't want to play in Ann Arbor because it you know, it gets a little chilly. Maybe it's that, or is it a Harbaugh thing? Maybe they just don't. Maybe these top offensive, you know, Braylon, these top offensive four and five star recruits. Maybe these kids, as you're saying, from Georgia or from Florida or from from South Carolina right. and whatnot or Texas, you know, uh, don't want to go play for a Harbaugh. Do you, do you think it's part of that um, that deal with Jim with Harbaugh with Michigan? I think it's a bit of I think it's some of both. Mm. I think if you're if you're down south if my you know, my name is Joe Blow and I'm five star D B from from Florida. Right. And I and I'm looking up north and I'm like, Why would I go to Michigan? why would I go to Michigan? They can't be Ohio State and then I'm not going anywhere else in the Big Ten. Why would I want to go? Nobody else in the Big Ten competes for national championships. It's it's the appeal of the Big Ten. So that's one reason. Two, like you said, it can't be Ohio State. And then three, it's gotta be a self pitch too. It's got to be that sales pitch, too. Like, you know, the the way in which you compete is you have to reinvent yourself. You have to reinvent yourself. You can't keep giving the, hey, you come here and get a good education and, you know, you be a be a Michigan guy. Like, it's 2019. Like, parents don't even want to hear that anymore. 
You know, it sounds bad to say, but, yeah. you know, parents want to talk about the dollars. They want to say, hi, here's my son. You know, how can you get him ready to go to NFL? You know, my son has 100,000 uh, uh, friends or followers on Instagram, and he hasn't even got to college yet. How can you build his individual brand within a team? And that's something that some of these other schools are doing. And they're actually, they even have programs where they're building logos for, for players. They're building uh, insignias. They're coming up with websites for these players. That's something that the teams are doing. Like, if you want to continue to compete, you got to continue to reinvent yourself. Don't get me wrong. Well, when, Lloyd gave, when Lloyd gave me that spill when I was in high school, that's all I needed. Well, it's not 2000, well, it's not 1999. No, it, okay. it's no, it's not Braylon. But I mean, in, in, do you think Harbaugh is the right guy for the job? Uh, that's a tough question because I've I've literally been on both sides of that fence. I, at, there's times where I say yes because he gets the Michigan brand, you know, and you know he is a face. But at other times I say I just don't. Sometimes. If you can't be like Ed Ogeron, like Ed Ogeron realized what was going wrong at LSU, and he seems to have made the necessary changes to fix it. But that's LSU. They they recruit well down there, whoever's the head coach. Like up here, it doesn't seem like he's made the necessary adjustments. So, you know. Well, no, he hasn't. Well, let me ask you this, Braylon. We'll close it out here. I mean, I mean, and you know this better than anybody. I mean, listen, that 04 right. season you had with the Wolverines was a legendary year. I mean, there's still records that you set that, that nobody's come close to touching at the receiver spot for the Wolverines. If you were running that athletic department, would you be comfortable having Harbaugh coaching that team moving forward? Mm, no, and here's ultimately why. is because if you look at Michigan players, too, with the exception of one player in the last five years, no player has gotten better from sophomore year or even freshman because I'm some of the freshman. No player has gotten better from freshman year to senior year. The only player, like if you you can go down a list of first rounders and all and all that, only player that's actually gotten better was Chase Winovich, and that's because Chase Winovich was playing behind, you know, four and five defensive linemen that end up going in the second. Or first round. Like, you could argue Devin Bush, but Devin Bush came in as a man-child already. Like, Devin Bush played like that as a freshman. And he's actually going to be a – he could be a Hall of Famer with Steelers. But they don't develop talent well. Like, I look at wide receivers. Their junior years, they still look the same as when they were running routes as freshmen. Like, linemen still had the same issues in terms of stepping down and knowing who to block. Running backs don't pick up blitzes. Uh, quarterbacks still stay on reads and struggle. So – that's letting me know he's not hiring the right people to be able to develop his talent. A player should look different from 18 to 21. Like you're a kid at 18. You know, 21, you have facial hair, you, you got some, 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 some man strength coming in there, you got your intellect changing right. as you see things. They don't develop talent well, and it's not the player's fault. That's why people keep asking me about Tariq Black and Donovan Peoples-Jones. I said they're tremendous talent who have been played with bad coaching. Braylon Edwards, doing it my way. My outspoken life as a Michigan Wolverine, NFL receiver, and beyond. Hell of a player collegially in the National Football League as well. He's got uh, good insight as well. Uh, Braylon, best of luck with the book. Congratulations, and uh, thanks for the time this morning. Thanks, Braylon. Hey, hey thanks for having me. Take you care, got man. it. And wherever books are sold, hop online, check it out. And 
gave you bluntly, basically would not be uh, comfortable if he was running that athletic department of Harbaugh coaching that team moving forward here. We'll come yeah. back. We got the undercard for you. Pretty good stuff there from Edwards there. Yeah, can't play. yeah great, great stuff. Definitely. If you didn't catch the whole interview, make sure you download Taz and Moose, the podcast every day. Uh, come back. We got the undercard for you. It's Taz and Moose on a Tuesday morning right here, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. That's right. You got baseball playoffs tonight getting going, Taz. Brewers and Nats. Scherzer on the mound for the Nats. They are a huge favorite. Nearly a 2-1 to favorite. Minus 180 if you decide to, to bet the game. But you want to talk about pressure, Taz. Pressurized spots. How about, how about the Washington Nats, right? How many managers have they been through? How much regular season success that they have had? And they have ultimately failed in the postseason. You know, you you talk about a team heading to the ballpark tonight to get ready for a little wild card action. Um, and um, if things don't start to go their way, that crowd's going to be very, very ornery. It could work against them because they're looking to try and win a playoff game here. They yeah. don't want a playoff series. They're looking to try to win a wild card game tonight. Yeah, and it's going to be a good game. And they got their ace on the mound. They, yep, yep, yep. No, I know. And I think it's going to be a good game, too. I think it's and that Brewers team's no joke. So I think it's a good game here. Sure. It's going to be good. Like I said, yes, this is when. It's when Major League Baseball, for me, gets ultra fun. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'm locked in all year for the Mets, but as a Met fan, but then now I'm, I'm going to lock into the postseason mixed in with all the pro wrestling and pro football. Yeah, so. and the Brewers deserve a lot of credit, too, for getting themselves yeah. into the postseason yeah. here after losing Yelich, Christian Yelich. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and uh, we'll see. Maybe there's a decision down uh, comes down today about your manager, Mickey Calloway. Well, you, having you, organizational let me, meetings. Let me ask you a question about that. You know, yeah. I want to ask you this. Like, so you between you and me, you know, because you got a lot of people. I don't know the answer. I don't know. You the know answer. where I'm going. Already. I know where you're going. Yes. Oh. When you go between <laughs> you and me, right. and you're you rubbing it. your hands <laughs> like uh, you like that right okay. the cat that just swallowed the canary. <laughs> um, I'll figure you even some I, inside I, info. I, I don't. I, I if I knew it, Taz, I'd tell you. Maybe not on the air. Maybe I find it hard to believe. I think you do. I, I do not. know. You just won't share it. I swear. You worked for that SNY. You dialed into all these guys. The biggest thing I would say, the way I would put it to this, is that. The lean is that Mickey is going to get fired. Wow. Wow. Now, that was the lean after the season. Now, does it go that way? I I, I don't know. You They're, think Girardi gets the job? Um, I think you'd like the job. I think, yeah. it, you know, but I also think, you know, I think Girardi, I mean, Mickey Calloway's making $800,000 this year. That's right? it? Yeah, he's not making a lot of money. Right. You know, when you look at managers. Uh, Joe Madden with the Chicago Cubs was making $6 million a year. Yeah, wow. Joe Girardi is going to want between probably about three to five million dollars a year. Ooh, yeah, you know is you yeah. know that's you know that's you know that's that's a, a pretty price, a, a pretty uh, pricey a pretty yeah. pricey manager when you look at it. I think Girardi would be great. I'd be I, I think Girardi <laughs> would be absolutely great. I think it'd be yeah, a great but, addition to the Mets. I, and I like Girardi, but the scuttlebutt I've heard about Girardi, I'm sure you've heard the same thing, is that he's not really a quote unquote players coach type guy. And that Mets organization, as you know, they, they, that clubhouse is a fun clubhouse. Those guys play loose. Mickey lets them play, lets them have the, let their hair down and have fun. Uh, and they, they end up, you know, after the All-Star break, playing pretty well. I got a feeling with Girardi, though, that, that wouldn't be the case. A little I, bit of a hard-ass Jones. Well, know? he is – well, no doubt. He, he's a little tighter, um, and, you know, he's he's not as loose as Callaway. I'd agree. But the one thing he would not do is cons- is consistently make the mistakes in the dugout that Callaway makes. Never. No, I totally much better. As a game manager, manager no Taz? No doubt about it. Right. And, 
I mean, think about this. You know, Joe Madden's going to get himself another opportunity as well. You know, yeah. he got let go. If he wants that Angels job, the Angels just blew out Brad Ausmus after a year. You he has a mean? house out there, too, in Orange yeah. County. Right. Uh, meaning, I mean, uh, uh, Madden. Right. You, they're firing Brad Ausmus to go make a run at Joe Madden. Yeah. I mean, no, that, I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, no, I that's what crazy. that comes down to. And, you know, I don't know. Listen, I like Callaway. I think Callaway deserves credit. The problem you have is he hasn't gotten he hasn't gotten better as a manager. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I'm I thought a decision would have come down yesterday, but it did not. We'll see if it comes down the next couple of days here. I guarantee you tweet about it before the news breaks. You're gonna upcut everything. <laughs> yes, I right. I'll, <laughs> right. I'll get the text and it'll be right out there. Breaking. Just pump it out. Right. That's exactly right. I like. Who do you like tonight? Who are you taking a team, Brewers or Nats? Uh, I'm, I'm going to take the Brewers. You're going to take, take the Brewers? Yeah, all right, I'll I'm take, take the, the Nats. Brewers. Yeah, all right, yeah, I'm going to like take the, the Nats. Yeah. I like the Nats tonight. I think uh, hopefully it's a good game. Hopefully we get a very good game. Hopefully that Washington fan base gives you a little bit of an atmosphere because they could be dead yeah, as a doornail sometimes. Because you get that weird mixture in that beltway there, D.C., Baltimore, that whole you yeah. know, beltway. It's... Who's from Who's from Maryland? Who's from D.C.? It's confusing. Like They don't know who they are. They sit in the audience there with... Yeah, you like the Nats too? Yeah, I mean, where are you from? Well, I'm from Delaware. Oh, I'm from Philly. Well, no, I'm from I'm from Washington D.C. Like it's a very perplexing area of the country. That whole beltway is a little. I know. Weird. I agree with you. I wanted to bring up something else to you this morning. Okay. We got a couple minutes here, yeah. and that is this. I, I didn't get a chance to watch it last night, but there were glowing reviews, and then people that were disappointed. How was Raw last night? Because this is a big week for wrestling. How was Raw last night? Well, it was their season premiere, which is weird because they're never off TV. So, uh, but yeah, so season premiere. New set looked great. New open was pretty cool. All that stuff. New announce team, not a fan. Uh, Jerry King Waller carried the whole announce booth. He, he's not the new guy, obviously. They have two new guys there. Vic Joseph and the other kid's name is Dio Madden. And they were both, especially the Dio Madden kid, he's a color commentator and he's got no skin in the game. And he played football, I think, at UNC. And he tried to be a wrestler for a short time, and it didn't work out for him. He wrestled in the WWE? In the NXT system. NXT system. Yeah, but never was really... Pete, ever... I'd never seen him wrestle in my life. I, I never heard of him until See? about two weeks ago. That's okay. what I mean. So he, he was a deer in headlights. Was right? he an NXT announcer? No, not an announcer. He was trying to be a wrestler. He no, was no, training. but before he got this uh, gig, was, I don't he, think so. was no. he announcing no. NXT? I think it was 205 Live. Oh, it was, was on 205 on. Live. Oh, okay, 205. Yeah, the, the, okay. yeah, I don't normally watch that particular show, but that's a WWE product. But, right. Um, yeah, so that announcing was a little bad. They, I, I didn't watch the whole show. I, I still have to watch the rest of it. But they had Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan was on with The Miz, which is pretty cool. And they, they both looked a little bit older, obviously. Yeah. They're getting old. But they're legends. It was a great segment. That was fun. I didn't see the stuff they did. You know, Rusev, right? So his wife is Lana. Yeah. And they did some kind of angle where they're kind of separated. And now Rusev, uh, Rusev's wife, Lana, she's with Bobby Lashley. Like, Kissing Jones, like on TV. It's That's, a little, yeah. And they're still married? I think so. Tough angle right there in the business. Yeah. I think I think they're all That's, married. I think, wait I think a Bobby, second. yeah. Hold on a second. Yeah, it's yeah, one yeah. thing to be, I mean, I understand, yeah. you know, if you're playing an angle, it's uh, one thing if you're playing in a movie. Vince she's looks out like that. She's acting. She's actresses and actors. They wait, do. They so make out all the time in the arena. She's making out with Bobby Lashley. I, I, I there's yeah. like yeah. passionately, like French kissing Jones. Like yeah, like oh you know, my god. That, I think there was tongue involved. I'm just saying. I don't want to be rude, but a little much for me. You saw. I, I only saw a clip on the the, the Twitter. You saw it. Yeah, it was it was short, but I mean. It's a yeah. little much for me. That's, That's my wife much. up there doing that. Yeah, and just imagine Bobby's significant other, where it's you know she's home. Oh, he's and, married too. I, I he I think he is. I I 
Pete and I talked offline about this. I don't want to get too deep in the woods on it, but I think you never know. I haven't talked to Bobby in a while. You never you. know what people's relationships well, are. I, right. Well, even if he's not, I mean, you feel bad for Rusev sitting there it's watching his wife. your wife make and, out with another wrestler on national TV audiences. The fans are chanting in the background. Exactly. That's uh, a tough spot. When you break in to learn, to, I want to be a pro wrestler, you don't think that's, that's ever going to happen to you. That's the definition through thicker and thin. And to be honest with you, it shouldn't happen. I don't agree with I really don't agree with any of that. I, don't, I think it's ridiculous. I, really I, don't. I, don't, I don't disagree yeah, with you. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 you don't I'm, get into business. I'm going to go try and watch it this afternoon on, on the network. Uh, yeah, go back uh, and watch it. Yeah. So you, you think it's a good watch. You like uh, the season premiere. Uh, aside from the announced team. Oof. Aside from Lawler. Uh the Lord carried it. No, I know Lawler was I, good. I, I I'm think it was okay. I, it was, I, I don't. I didn't think it was like an amazing show. No, I did. I thought it was okay. I wasn't uh, like, oh my god, this is great. So if you miss it, you're not missing much, in okay. my opinion. Well, no, that's fair because Taz, well, I didn't see the whole show. No, so. but that's fair because yesterday, last night, I saw people that really liked it, and then I saw people that hated it. Right. That, well, well, that are a huge wrestling. Yeah. Fan. Well. So ran hit and miss. Good show, Taz. Yeah, Enjoyed the show. Yes, sir. Uh, Mike Pete, uh, fantastic across the way. Bogish with your updates as well. Uh, Folks, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in. Till tomorrow, peace. There's got to be a 10-second runoff here. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.